1: And the crowd goes wild. I hope on Facebook you can hear all that amazing intro and you see my cool name above me in the style of, I don't know, Disney, yes. You're actually in the front office of my studio right now, and I've never done it from here before, um, it being the operative word. I was just listening to my announcer saying, this is like the best hour of your week, and you know what, damn it, I think he's right. Um, I'm finally back in St. Pete after being gone for the last three weeks. I have been to Seattle and Chicago and... Um, Las Vegas, and Atlanta. I don't know. I've been everywhere. What, why am I traveling? Uh, I hate my home life. No, that's not true. Um, you know, I love my home life. I have a great family and kids, and uh, my dog's dead, so that's not good. And we died a long time ago. Don't feel bad. But, uh, <laughs> And I didn't have anything to drink at lunch, but now I'm thinking that might have been a really good idea, because here's a wacky thing right now. All right, you're drinking. I got it. Is that we used to do a radio show. And people say, yeah, you've got a face for radio. Well, I mean, not me. I've been on television my whole life. But all of a sudden now we are doing this television show and you can see me and I have to put on makeup and look good, but I also love looking at my guests. Here's the problem that's happened in the last couple of shows is that I'm an intuitive person. Yeah, I do a crazy thing here called Forbes Factor Live. I can tell you what grades you got in high school. That's how intuitive I am. So now that I'm looking at my guests, I lose track. So if you're just listening to the podcast, you're missing out. You really should go to my Facebook and check out how – Um, how awesome it is when you actually see a person versus just hear what you imagine them to be. So to that end, what's going on this week? Uh, It is May. Uh, I have now crossed over a birthday. Yes. uh, And and it's been good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, I've been trying to lament myself out of losing friends. And as I said to my daughter, who's 16 years old the other day, we're just talking about life and faces and wrinkles and she said oh mommy I've got a little wrinkle I'm like you have 16 year old skin she's like yeah but I've been thinking I've been abusing it for 16 years I think I need to you know like put some moisturizer on I'm like baby I have like an entire roadmap of Atlanta down here under my eyes it's like mom you look beautiful and thank you McKenna for always saying that because I need to hear it but she's also think about how lucky you are it's like, I hope that I look nearly as good as you do at your age and I I melted. I absolutely melted. So to that end, I have a a giveaway for somebody in the audience right now. I created a skincare line, an amazing series of products called Forbes Flawless that I use and I think helps me. So if you want to win, get this, if you want to win uh, a kit, the kits are $89 a piece. I'm going to pick out one lucky winner, but you have to get on my Facebook right now underneath this live broadcast and tell me something about the show that stood out to you. Yeah, I also give this away for free. I might give away more than one. So be creative. Tell me what stands out. I've got three amazing guests today. What did you learn? What is interesting to you? What would you like to see more of? And uh, I will then private message you and send one or two lucky winners an entire line of Forbes Flawless skincare. Um, yeah. So that's cool. If you want to know more about Forbes Flawless, go to my shopping world, which is called Shop Forbes Riley. Everything amazing is there, uh, including my spin gym. And I have a class coming up, you guys. I have one more Forbes Factor. Uh, this month, five days of you breaking through to your next level. What would it? What would your life be like if you actually played it at your highest level? I'm going to tell you, you don't even know what it could look like when you change your language and when you stop saying things like "I don't know." Y'all say that way too much. I asked a woman. I had, I, had a, I gave a tour today at my studio, and I said, I said something, and the person immediately said, "I don't know," and I'm like, "Oh!" And I hit them. Now I have to remember that everybody doesn't know my rules. That if you say "I don't know" in my world, you will get hit in the head. Uh, took her by surprise. She almost wanted to hit me back. But I'll, I'll stand my ground because I said, look, and this is the last tip I'll give before I introduce my first guest, is that if babies or kids kept saying, I don't know, as much as adults do, you would be still crawling around in a pair of diapers. But you got to school. You know how to cook. You've been to college. You know how to drive a car. You get on an airplane. You can, I don't know, all the things that you can do. If you as a kid kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, you never do anything. In my world, in my business, we have a yes only option. Do you realize it's a yes-only option company, and you can fight me all you want, but you, I ask you to do something. I say, can you figure out how we're going to go to the moon next week? You're required to say yes. Now, what happens when you say yes, especially something impossible, and very often I will give that as a test to somebody. They'll come back. Go, I don't know how to do it. They get a smack or they get fired because the correct answer is if you go and you try to do something and it failed, you come back and you say, look, the request that you wanted was this. Here's the options that we have. Here's the cost. I did an analysis of this, and maybe it's not the best use of our time, funds, or resources. Well, that's a much more comprehensive answer than going, "I don't know how." And I make people do this all the time because the truth is, you don't have any idea what you're capable of, and most of you never get pushed to that point anyway. But that is where the good stuff lives. I know because I am in true living a good life. Now, to that end, you might call it BS, right? I don't know a BS standard. Well, my first guest, Mr. Walter McKay, he is the creator of the BS Sales School. Yeah, and what they do is he shares the importance of managing expectations, not only in sales, but overall in business and everyday life. And the truth is, happiness lies when your expectations meet each other. When one is expecting way too much or delivering way too little, that's where there's unhappiness. And so I'm going to say Walker, not Walter, with a K, because he's killing it. Please welcome Mr. Walter McKay to the show.
2: Thank you, Forbes, very much. And I can I correct you one more thing? It's the No BS Sales School. It's not the BS Sales School. We've got No BS around here.
1: Well, I needed you to come and actually say that.
2: Thank you so much. I am right here for you. Now, Thanks for on by- the show. And by the way, guys, y'all are so lucky to be listening. Forbes is an excellent host, and she is a badass, and y'all are so great to listen to her, and I'm really honored to be on this show.
1: No, don't stop. Keep going. I'm liking come it. I'm liking it. She's
2: beautiful, <laughs> and she's interesting, and she's exciting. <laughs>
1: She's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so Mr. Walker, um, where did the school, where did the concept of no BS sales school come from?
2: I was, um, I, I grew up in in South Carolina, and I went away to college, and I came back, and I got into sales because I knew everybody, and thought that I had the personality for sales, and people told me that, and so I made the mistake of taking that as the reason to get into sales, and I spent twenty years getting my butt kicked, right? I was a nice guy. I did what people asked me to do. I was straightforward. And I got rolled every time. And finally, I met a sales coach that I didn't, whose help I did not need. I wanted to go talk to him. And he said, well, you must be, I was in commercial real estate at the time. He said, you must be making several million dollars a year. And I said, no, 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 no. And he said, well, at least 500,000. I said, no. And he said 250. And I said, "Next year." And he said, Well, why not? Why are you not making all that money? I said, Well, because you know it's Columbia, South Carolina, and because, you know, it's it's a bad economy and because our company is political. and I went on and on and on. And he said, You know those are excuses, right? And I was like, Holy shit. And it was like he'd taken a knife and just run it through me. And then he said, Where else in your life are you making excuses? And I'm like, Oh my God, I live in a crappy apartment and my mom says I'm never gonna get married because I'm such a jerk and all these things. Anyway, he kind of helped me realize what an excuse maker I was, and the pivot points in my life were where I caught myself making excuses or was called on it and said, damn, I better fix that. And so I have created a system, a selling system that I teach to salespeople now and to companies um, where they can be straight up with their prospects. They can just tell them the truth and ask for the truth and follow a process, and if the answer turns out to be, no, it's not the right time, that's perfectly fine, and if the answer is, Yeah, that's great. Let's move forward. Everybody knows what happens next. And to me, I love being no BS. I love being straight shooting and doing what I say and and getting other people to do the same thing.
1: All right. So give us a little example. Somebody comes to you and wants to give you excuses. What do you teach them to do?
2: So what I do when somebody says, um, you know, it's my marketplace sucks or my boss sucks or whatever, I teach them instead to say, I haven't figured out yet how to sell a lot in this marketplace. I haven't figured out yet how to get along with my boss. The first thing, like you said, is to change your language and to take responsibility for everything that's going on around you. And if your company really is that shitty or your marketplace really is that shitty, then get another job.
1: <laughs>
2: own it, baby, right?
1: Right. No, that's actually a very interesting way to put it. I appreciate that because I don't think most people live their life that way. Uh, We are so used to the excuse masters. Now, so this gentleman who told you all these amazing things, where did he come from?
2: You know, he was a guy who was in town and we ended up, um, we ended up, I was his uh, student or his, uh, what's it called, client for about three years and he invited me to come work with him. So I was his partner for 11 years. And at the end of the then I failed to keep up the relationship. So at the end of eleven years, we parted ways. And so I went out. I had a three-year non-compete, and so I did other things. And I, during that time, I came up with my own intellectual property and launched this about eighteen months ago. Started my own deal.
1: Isn't that fascinating? Now I'm sure people said that you couldn't do that. Yes. And what do you say? All people the time. Say-
2: all the time. They said you can't do that. You know, Columbia, or you shouldn't do this, and you have kids, and I've got kids in private school, and I like expensive things. And, oh, wait, so you
1: actually, you did end up getting married. How'd that turn out?
2: You know, it turned out great so far. I've been married 20-something years, and I, I mean, if you ask me, I think it's great. My wife might say something different, but nice. know, the, the things she thought were, were cute and funny are now, uh, are now boring, so um, and anyway, but no, it's good, but I, when I quit my job and I started my own company, I just built a beautiful custom home that we loved, and I just sell it. Um, because I I needed, I was committed to doing what it took and I didn't want to just find a job. I had to go, I wanted to do something on my own and I knew that I had to lean up and go do what I had to do. So, um, I'm glad I did that. I missed my old house. We're going to get back in another one that's nicer very soon.
1: Well, and I understand that. You know, I just sold mine in California, and I just absolutely treasured it. I put so much—20 years of my life into it. And sometimes you really do have to let things go yep. to learn what's important and to move forward. But it is challenging. But that is growth, and that is life. Uh, I did—I ju- talk a lot, and I can't. I'm a little fixated on having lost three friends, two friends, and a client in last yeah. three, the last three—the first th- three months of this year. And the thing that I'm fixated on—the same thing happened when my dad passed away—is you don't take your clothes with you. You leave your closet exactly the way it was, and then nobody comes to. Cl- it, it's not yours anymore. And I'm trying to get my head around what does it mean to leave this planet, and you really don't take your stuff. Yeah. So I've been through a massive reevaluation of why we do what we do, and I've come up with lately this need, this drive, this obsession to be happy. Yeah. Uh, to understanding. I mean, because what is it that makes you happy? I will tell you, having a large sum of money in the bank actually doesn't make you happy. Um, dreaming that you're with the perfect partner doesn't make you happy. But what is it that does? And so, may I ask you a question? What's the three things that you can name right now that make you happy?
2: So, the first one is being with my family, with my wife and my boys, and watching them grow and watching them be better. That's really fun for me. The second thing that really makes me happy, which is going to happen in a couple of weeks, is I'm going to Maine up in the North Maine woods to go fly fishing with three friends. That's the difference between family trip and vacation. Vacations where you go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And if somebody you're with is having a bad day, it's not your effing problem. That's vacation, everything else is family trip. And um, the third thing that makes me happy is um, it's being outside. I love to hunt and I love to be out in the woods and I farm and I do that kind of stuff. So being outside is is one of my just favorite things. I enjoy that thoroughly.
1: And you know, what's so funny is that uh, that would make me so unhappy. Yeah, um, I get it. I I see outside from a distance. I love going out on the water. I live in Florida, so we can be out on a boat or a jet ski. But man, if I have to go through the woods and there's bugs and possible snakes and bears and other creatures like that, I grew up in New York Ah, City. So my idea of going going through a hike is really walking from the first floor of Nordstrom's up to the second and not using the escalator.
2: (laughs) Well, the thing that makes me the most happy is working with people that are committed to be better and to train them and coach them and to help them live a better life. And that, to me, is the most fun thing in the whole world.
1: Okay, did you guys hear what he just said? Because I just had this conversation. I am part of the world's largest travel club, and it is a network marketing type concept where part of what you do is you have to bring up other people. And I'm not necessarily a network marketing fiend. I, you know, I've got a couple of them. I, I love the concept of it. But I was explaining to my my people here today that the beauty part of that is if you don't work with a company like a network marketing where you're quasi your own boss, but they do all the development for you, you are left doing all the work, all the marketing, all the product materials and I have to tell you being an entrepreneur is a 200 hour a week job and it's only about 200 hours in the entire week. <clears throat> so uh, we've got about a minute to break. Where did Now are you teaching or coaching? You talked about IP material. What is your focus right now to help others?
2: So I, I, um, I use this exact medium. I use Zoom and I coach clients around the country. My ideal prospects are companies with multiple locations, larger sales teams, um, and so I work with um, individuals and with teams around the country to help them create a process that works in their industry to shorten their sales cycle and to manage expectations.
1: Okay, so when we come back, I want a real world example. See, on okay. most shows and most conversations you'll have when people sit on couches with each other, they talk theory and philosophy. Let's I got to tell you. Yeah, let's talk meat and potatoes. I have a company. I'm going to ask you some questions. We're live on Facebook right now. So If anyone's got a question about how they can scale up their company and do it the no BS way, we got Mr. Walker with a K because he's killing it. You're going to use that one day, I know. Yes, I'm in. There you go. All right, so you're listening to Forbes Rally right here on the Forbes Factor podcast. Do you see that name up there? Look how The very first time I'm actually broadcasting from the front door of my studio. I promised to give somebody a tour of my entire studio. I don't know how that's going to work on this Zoom, but if we can make it happen, we will. Uh, And coming up, I also have two more amazing guests. Don't go away. We'll be right here. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: metabolic boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels you've seen it on tv and in print with more than two million sold what are you waiting for get your forbes riley spin gym at buyspingym.com order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes guaranteed there's never been another product like the forbes riley spin gym so try it risk-free for 30 days visit buyspingym.com today
1: Are you ready to be fabulous? You know, science has proven that women thrive in a tribe together. And now we invite you to join two fierce females, otherwise known as Sheila and Sarah, as they help you take the journey from flat to fabulous. It's fun, terrific stories and wise insight every week. Take better control of your life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time for Life from Flat to Fabulous on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Create happiness now.
2: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
0: You are listening to the Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley.
1: Okay, so for those of you playing along on Facebook, this is fascinating that we don't actually take a break at all during the hour. But I walked away to grab my cell phone so I can get your questions because this is a much quicker way for you to ask questions. Uh, By the way, I'm going to do a little personal shout-out. Yesterday... I started a 30-day spin gym fitness challenge. Now, Walker, I don't know that you get a spin gym. have one yet, but you will be getting one. It's what I use everywhere all the time. Good. Um, But we have a challenge going on right now, so please go to Facebook. Type in Forbes Riley 30-day spin gym fitness challenge. It's free. Today is day two, and I've made this crazy commitment that I'm doing 10 to 10. Now, I said 10 a.m., but I may be doing 10 twice a day. Because I, I love the feedback. I love the reaction. I mean, I've sold 2.1 million spin gyms, and I've never really interacted with my, I know, right? That's like awesome. the most, at, but I'll do 10,000 in one day through you know, through live home shopping. I've done 61,000 in one day. I actually had awesome. a million-dollar sales day that I worked very hard for. But now that I can coach and train people directly, because Zoom is, like you said, it's extraordinary. It's changed my entire life and business model. But before we left, I was asking Walker with a K a question about how do you actually actionable change your sales team what's something he can really tell us that we can take away that nugget and use it
2: so one of the first things I get people to do is to work on managing expectations so one of my pet peeves is when people call me Forbes and I get called all the time I'm a business owner people call to sell me stuff and some of them are my friends right and they'll come by and they'll say things like or they'll call and say hey can I come by I want to see your office or let's go get a cup of coffee or let's have lunch and What I find after sitting down for five or 10 or 15 minutes is I find out that I'm a prospect, right? That they're trying to sell me something. And usually it makes me mad because they didn't tell me the truth on the front end. And so what I tell people is very actionable is if you really want to sell somebody something, be straight up with them. And instead, so what I tell people to say and what I do is, hey, do you mind if we get together and have a business conversation? That's a whole lot different than, hey, let's go grab lunch or let's have dinner or let's you and your wife, blah, blah, blah. I had a guy, a friend of mine who sells insurance about five years ago who um, invited me to lunch, invited me to dinner, did all this stuff. And finally he said, hey, what's it going to take for the McKays to do business with us? And I was like, oh, my God, really? I thought, I mean, why are you, why are you acting like we're friends when you're trying to sell me something? Why didn't you just not be straight up and say, hey, I've enjoyed having dinner with you. Do you mind if we talk business? That to me is great. I want people to be no bullshit, excuse me, no BS, straight up and not try and pull one over on other people. That's That's what I think people ought to do more of.
1: Well, and I love that you said that because here's: if you want to lose my relationship totally. You just say two things to me. You say, I'd like you know, Forbes. Can I take you to lunch and pick your brain? Right. Well, two things to be really clear. Uh, one, I never need to eat that bad, and my brain never needs to be picked. <laughs> um, and if I find out that you're there to try and sell me, we're done. I mean, I, I don't actually have a second chance for that because, and you know, the funny thing is that I'm always selling. I always literally I'll take out a spin and I'll promote it to people and have them, you know, play with me, but. If you're there to sell somebody or prospect them, that is a horrible feeling, don't you think? So I love the way you handled it. Yeah, hey,
2: listen, would you mind if we have a business conversation? That just takes all the pressure off. And that's, that's the one piece of actual advice I would suggest we start with.
1: Well, and I will tell you, as a network marketer, that is your kiss of death because you will find yourself lying to your family and friends. And that was the first, that was the first bad taste I had in my mouth. And it's unfortunate because network marketing as itself, it's not really a business. It's a concept. It's the way people sell to other people and enroll them, which by the way, we do anyway. You know, if you've ever told somebody about a movie you liked or a restaurant you liked, and they did not send you a commission, well, haha! guess what? So we do this all the time naturally, but we don't do it as sneaky as when we have got something on the agenda, going, hey, you know, I, my brother-in-law and I, I will never forgive him for this. Would say over and over again, he called me, hey, I gotta, if you want to make an extra ten thousand a month, you want it? I'm like, dude, I don't know that you made ten thousand last year, so let's, you know, I don't know what we're doing in this conversation. And when he finally, I acquiesced and had it, and it was one of those companies that's been around forever, and I'm like, really, that's the whole reason you were talking to me, huh? So in whatever business you're doing, I like it. Just say, hey, I want to have a business. I want to share an opportunity with you. I want to show you something that's working for me. Can I share it with you? And if you don't like it, that's okay. Tell me no. But I will tell you on the other side of the coin, if you're too afraid to do business with your friends, that's not healthy either because then you're keeping your friends from possibly a really good deal or a really good opportunity that will possibly change their lives. So it's a very fine line, don't you think?
2: I do. And I think the way I ask people to do is to ask permission. Hey, Forbes, do you mind if we have a business conversation, right? Instead of we are having a business conversation. And so you ask permission. I think that shows respect both ways. And if the person says, I really don't want to do that, you say, listen, listen, no big deal. I got it. I understand.
1: You know what? I completely agree with you. All right. My next thing, you know what I'm having trouble with lately? I'm getting so popular that I cannot seem to keep my schedule correct. Like I keep missing appointments. And I have a timer and I have a calendar and I have a clock and I have a watch. And I still, what do you do to keep on target all the time?
3: You
2: know what, Forbes, I'm really crappy at that, too. I told you a minute, a guy with ADHD, and I I do have timers. I have, you know, little dingers on my phone. I do that kind of stuff. But um, I have to have an assistant who reminds me of stuff, I guess, set email things for myself. I use the calendar pretty religiously, but I do, I get behind and I, I, you know, get frazzled. So I, I don't really have a great solution for that. I wish I did.
1: So I'm just going to blame it on ADHD because I literally just missed a two o'clock appointment before this. I just, and I will, I don't know. So talk to me about your ADHD brain.
2: So I, um, as a kid, when I was, when I was in high school, I knew that I was different than other kids, the way my brain worked. And I really thought I was special needs, but nobody would tell me. I couldn't sit down and study. I didn't, my brain, it didn't memorize stuff very well. I really struggled in school. I made okay grades. When I went to college, and I really noticed that people thought differently than me. Their brains didn't work, and so I was pretty. Um, when my son was diagnosed at age probably seven or eight with ADHD, and I was telling the story a minute ago, we um, we left the meeting, and my wife grabbed me by the throat and said, "What the hell's wrong with you?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, you, "You tapped a pencil on the table. You played with a piece of paper. You got up twice. What the hell's wrong with you?" And I said, "I think the same thing's wrong with me. That's wrong with him." And so I went to my doctor and we did this evaluation and he said, you know, you hear what you hate to hear your airline pilot or your doctor say, "Holy shit." And um and he looked and I was way off the scale on low executive function. So, um he put me on some meds and I've been on different medicines over the past 10 or 11 or 12 years and it's been a game changer for me. I um I see ADHD as a, I call it ADHD, it's a uh, as a gift, right? The G stands for a gift because if you know how to use it you know how to manage it and you take good care of yourself, that thing can take you, I mean, we have the kind of brains that can solve a lot of problems in the world and I love my ADHD. I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: Well, good, because I haven't had a problem with mine either, although I do think that it it frustrates some people because I do think fast, I talk fast. One of my managers just said, he's like, he's like, you talk really fast. I I think really fast. People around me talk so freaking slow that I have to actually like, Calm it down, and then I get lost. I forget what I wanted to say. Because
2: the ideas go by like clouds, and you're trying to grab them, and you're afraid they're going to go by. That's the way I look at it, anyway.
1: Maybe that's that's actually a very good way to look at it. All right, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever been given?
2: Best piece of business advice was to be somebody who's trusted. Don't worry so much about how people like you, but to worry about, but to think about, and make sure that you're somebody who's trusted, which means seeking to understand the person you're with, being somebody that doesn't offer advice until you know fully the the um, what the hell's going on. Don't offer advice too quickly and be somebody who is measured in what you do.
1: Well, I have to, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. I think your wife is a very, very lucky woman. You seem ah. very understanding. I'm sure that, you know, how you put the toilet paper on the roll would bother I'm me too my edges. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure and I've loved being on your show and I really appreciate you very much.
1: Well, you are a rock star. And if you want to reach out, how do we find you? Um,
2: One way is walker at walkermckay.com is my email address. And another way is um, working on my website. If you go to www.nobssalesschool.com, NoBSSalesSchool.com. That's where you can find information about the training that I do. Or send an email. We can talk about your team.
1: Well, I've got two minutes left to break, and I'm actually going to offer you something for free. Go on your phone right now and type in ForbesRiley.biz. biz right. And create, create your own little business card. So all you ever have to say is Walker.com or Walker360, and all of your social media, your email, your texting, your book, your company can all live on one little site on your phone. Makes your networking easy, and it's my gift to you completely for free uh ForbesRally.biz, it'll take you there. You'll look at mine. You say, how do I get my card under free gift? And I will tell you, it's a bit of a game changer. I helped the developer create this because I don't want to go to your website and your email because I can't remember all of those things. But I can I remember that. Wa- but I can remember Walker with a K because he kills it. And that's ah. where you want to go.
2: I got it. Thank you, Forbes, very much. I'm on your site. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I look forward to our paths crossing again soon.
1: Oh, you're a rock star. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've got one minute before my break because I love to thank my sponsors for being so cool and sponsoring the show. My next guest, talk about no BS, okay? Miss Dr. Tess Crawley. She dives deep into her unique evidence-based mentoring. And I think that's what this whole show is kind of focusing on, how you can find someone to truly help you take your career, your lifestyle to the very next level. I love that you tune in here. Uh, now that we are on Facebook, uh, like I said, I'm doing a TV show. I've been walking around my studio trying to show you guys different angles. This is my front door. i got the sunshine on my face. i got my head up here. And behind me, normally we have an Apple TV that just plays all my 4,000 photos that are, used to sit in my my collection. But no, now it's all yours. All care of Forbes Riley right here on the Forbes Factor. Don't go away. We don't follow.
3: We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports,
2: health, business, and more on demand
0: 24-7. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back. I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that we're no longer just a radio show, and I have to put makeup on. Well, but you get to see a whole lot more. The other thing is a Facebook audience. And I know I've got a lot of people out there watching right now. One, you can ask questions, but two, you get to see behind the scenes because we don't take a break for the breaks which I think lends a very interesting, transparent way on how shows are produced, how guests and hosts talk, um, how sometimes I do something embarrassing. You always have to watch for the embarrassing thing. Okay, have you seen Game of Thrones, anybody? Did you see that there's a coffee cup from Starbucks? I didn't know that Starbucks was that old. Apparently, it's been around forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those. But actually, you know what? If they didn't mean to do it, it's become a great, a great thing because think about it. You could be, oh, my God, that's the worst that's ever happened. We broke the fourth wall. Or you could say everybody's talking about it. And the old adage of no, that bad publicity, there's no such thing. Publicity is publicity. And so everyone's talking about that. And I think that's important as you go into your business because so many of us will make mistakes, uh, hello, and we'll lament over them or we'll hang on to them as though it's the worst that ever happened. And the truth is most people don't notice and the rest of the people don't care. You care about your reputation. I said to my kids when I was little, I said, you can't embarrass me. Like, oh, mom, we could embarrass you. I said, no. You can't. In the early 20s, I used to take off my clothes in public and do these singing and stripping telegrams. So if you want to run around butt naked, okay. You want to tell a secret about me, okay. I, I don't know that embarrass is a word that I could ever do. Now, of course, you want to try. <laughs> Ha-ha, that could be fun. All right, but before you try, you have to know that I've got a PhD in clinical psychology on my side. She's on the line <laughs> right now. She's from Australia, and I watch Crocodile Dundee. Those guys are tough. They, they take crocodiles and have them for breakfast. No, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. Hey, Dr. Tess Crawley, how are you?
4: I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, I am an Australian. I do eat crocodiles for breakfast, actually. So. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh yum! Thank you. <laughs> and I don't spit out the teeth, damn it. <laughs> All right. So let's start with how
4: different is the U.S. from Australia? I've never been. Not so different. So I'm here in I'm in New York for about three and a half weeks, and I find that it's just people are people, you know, and. and People are friendly. It's very similar temperature at the moment. We're heading into winter just as you're heading out of. Uh, So we're almost on a par temperature-wise as well. So it's almost disconcerting how comfortable I feel here, actually.
1: Does it bother you that Christmas is in the middle of your summer? I think that must be... An odd no, concept.
4: No. It's it's actually great. Our academic year ends at the end of the year. So then we have our whole summer break and, and Christmas is in that. My birthday is just after, not long after New Year, So it's like the whole world, or the whole southern hemisphere, celebrates my birthday. Everyone takes all this time off just to celebrate my birth. <laughs> but, yeah, it's great. We have great summertime. So Christmas for us is very much summer. Um, now, what's, what city do you live in? I'm in Hobart, which is at the bottom of Tasmania, which is the island at the bottom of Australia. So I literally live at the bottom of the world, next to Antarctica. Well, and you continue to live there. Tell us about it. Why Why is that home for you? It's where I was born. I was born in Tasmania. I've built a private psychology practice over the last 10 or so years there and it has grown to multiple locations and we service people living in rural areas. Uh, I've taught a lot of psychologists in that area. So I, I actually went back, I was living in Melbourne for a long time, went back to Tasmania to study psychology. So it's like the birthplace of my profession. So I did a bunch of things before I was a psychologist. I was an actor and other things as well. So
1: Now, you do know as an American who grew up in the 60s and 70s that Tasmania is where the devil lives, and all I can think about is Bugs Bunny. Every time you say that, I am so yep. shallow. Uh, yep. But that, at least we know the name Tasmania in America, which we wouldn't it's have true. known otherwise. True. This is very true. Is
4: there, <laughs> is there such thing as a Tasmanian devil? There really is. He's the size of a medium-sized, smallish kind of dog and is reputed to have... Her body weight, I think it is, the second most powerful jaw after the great white shark. Oh, great.
1: We have those for breakfast Anyway, now why clinical psychology for you? Why was it so important to study that all the way to the PhD level?
4: Yeah, okay, so I was really interested in criminology actually and I blame Patricia Cornwell novels for that. Got it. And I wanted to study criminology. I knew we were going to, my husband and I decided we were going to move back to Tasmania and both go to university as adults and there was no criminology course. So I was tossing up between psychology and law and psychology just sounded more interesting. And I pursued it all the way through to working with criminal populations. I did my PhD in a criminal-related field. Uh, got my dream job of working in a prison, first job out of university. So from there on, it was all about change. And my career has pivoted and changed all the time, which I guess is true for a lot of people in business Anyway, so so
1: what's some of the biggest psychological stumbling blocks? Because you're all about empowerment, but so what can we what can we take away from your conversation with me today?
4: I think the main thing is stop overthinking and um, stop second guessing yourself. Anything that starts with "what if," you really need to catch that "what if." You're you're playing out disaster scenarios that haven't happened yet. So I'm a big Mm. believer in worrying about certain things if they happen, not. Stalling and hesitating and procrastinating because you're worried about what if this thing happens. So I think too much time is spent worrying about the what ifs. What if we're criticized? What if we make a fool of ourselves? What if we're judged by our peers? There's so many variations on that theme. Well, what
1: if I told you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but so how do you stop that? So, how do you stop any behavior that
4: seems to control you? I think the first step is noticing that you're doing it. So a lot of the work that I do is teaching people how to notice, how to notice and how to tune in and listen. So sometimes you do need to really spend a moment just quietening yourself. So little, any little exercise that you find resonates with you, it might be like a breathing exercise a couple of times a day, it might be meditation, it might be yoga, it might be mindfulness practice. There's lots of those sorts of things around these days that people are familiar with. They're all aimed at quietening your mind down. When you tune in and listen to the to the nonsense that we tell ourselves, you'll start catching yourself. What ifing? So as soon as you notice that you're doing it, it's another what if. I'm actually teaching my seven year old to catch himself what ifing because he does quite a bit of it, and he's now starting to say, "Ah, oh, that was a what if. I don't need to worry about that, do I?" And I go, "That's right. You don't need to." So catch yourself what ifing, and basically telling that voice to shut up. It's telling you rubbish. It's it's trying to keep you small, trying to keep you hidden. Well, that's actually very interesting. Um, What's another thing? We talk about mental health. How do we get Get healthier? How do we get healthier? Well, you know, I think on the one extreme, you've got, you know, significant mental illness, which is like any other illness in society. You know, we need to look after ourselves. We need to pay attention to our health, whether it's physical or mental health, and we need to talk about it. We need to get help. We need to ask for support and help, whether that's from people around us in our family or our medical professionals. Um, But I think in terms of staying mentally healthy overall, I don't know, I think Australians have this thing of not taking ourselves too seriously and I think that's something that, don't worry, we also have significant issues with mental health in Australia too, but I do think there's something in that of taking a step back from the seriousness sometimes being a bit more relaxed with yourself and um, and doing the things that bring you joy, finding room for those things and making sure you've got a good support network. Yeah, that could be peers or mentors. So for me, have you seen my spin, jig? I have seen your very clever device. You need
1: to take one of these back to... Actually, I've been asked to go on home shopping in Australia and I've not um, done that yet. I really do need to because I will tell you, for me, this has been my mental health buster. When I'm angry, I take it, I punch this And now I don't have flabby arms, so I can get angry at somebody and still look good in a bikini. Uh, And I will tell you that when you combine the two, because that was kind of a trick question. How do you mentally get healthier? I know how you can physically get healthier. I know between food, nutrition, and diet. But there is this thing that you talked about, mindfulness. Can you explain what mindfulness is for you to my, to my audience?
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, there are so many <laughs> mindful coloring books. They just get right up my nose at the moment. But mindfulness is not about coloring in. Mindfulness is, it comes from the old Eastern philosophies. You know, they've been onto this for a really long time. It's about being present in the present moment. And there's a really simple strategy for tuning into the present moment and that's focusing on your five senses what can i taste in my mouth it might be the last coffee you had or it might be or it might be you know what can you see around you what can you hear really drilling into each of those five senses and really just focusing all your attention on that because you can't worry about what's happening tomorrow if you're really focusing and you can do that as a bit of a practice every day every couple of days But mindfulness is simply about being present in the present moment. There's this cliche about depressions, about being stuck in the past and anxieties about being stuck in the future and no one's really focusing on the now. Um, Obviously, it's an oversimplification. But mindfulness is just that. It's just about being now, being really present now.
1: So I love that because I really practice on being in the now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both of my children, I do a lot of little stage speaking. If you're not in the now, you have no idea where you are. But I will tell you, I don't worry as much at all. I've never heard that about where depression and anxiety both live, and I think that's a really important distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, What's one of the biggest obstacles you're facing at the moment?
4: Well, I think, you know, building um, an online mentoring business, which, you know, in the modern world with social media, we have – no geographical boundaries but the reality is we do have time zones so for me building a business that is able to cater to people in multiple time zones that's the biggest challenge in fact running my business back in Australia while I'm here in New York has been incredibly difficult there are these two tiny little brackets at the start and end of each day where I'm within a time frame that's not too disgusting for people back home so that's a big challenge and it's a an interesting one it's not what I thought was going to be the challenge for me I've done lots of mindset work there's all all of that psychological stuff I'm fairly okay with it's at the moment for me it's about the practicalities of how do you have a global business when time zones get in the way That is, that's
1: an interesting concept. I, you know, part of me at the moment, I think about the word global business and I'm very impressed now by people who actually have that and it functions. Uh, I'm right now trying to be smaller in terms of, not in terms of the reach, because I get that, but I've lost three friends this year, very, very close friends since January and I'm sitting here lately preaching and teaching the idea of the here and now, maybe all that we actually do have. Yeah. And so trying to worry about stretching out over the whole world and affecting, people say to me, Forbes, I want to affect a billion people. I'm like, you know what? Start with one. Yep. Find just one, like through a show like this. Uh, connect with people, change people's lives. Uh, you mentioned you have children, yes? Yes, I do. Uh, I how do. old? Two, two boys, 10 and 7. Nice. What's one of the biggest life lessons you think you're passing on to them?
4: I think that, <laughs> I'm hoping this is a good thing, but I think they're learning from myself and my husband, actually, that- Rules aren't necessarily right. Uh, we live out outside of a range of rules in the way that I do business, the way that I often work from home, the way that we educate our children. They both go to school, but we're very flexible. My husband's a cancer survivor, and I think that's also influenced our attitude towards just staying in someone else's lane, you know, whatever the rules might be. Obviously, there are rules that are non-negotiable in life, you know, and this is where I come from. This place of values-driven business and integrity and those sorts of things. But being creative in how you live your life. My older son has uh, dyspraxia, which is um, uh, it affects his coordination and his concentration and things like that. So he has to learn in a way that doesn't follow the normal rules of society too. So being creative in how you live your life and how you achieve your goals. I hope that's the message that we and be a decent compassionate human being. You know, they're the key things that I think we're passing on.
1: Well, and I will tell you that one of the things that I'm actually very excited about is as a woman, as a mom, as uh, someone who's got young kids in school at the moment, I want to be this disruptive force. Just the way you said that, I am so tired of listening to my kids' frustration and my own. My son came home, he's a very smart A student, and he shows me his trigonometry book the other night. And I'm looking at this thinking, you know... Uh, wow, okay, one, I can't really remember what the heck you're doing. I got A's in schools. But two, I'm almost approaching my sixth decade on this planet. I've never used trigonometry at all, ever. I'm sorry. And then you tell me two trains left the station. I don't care. I just want to get on the right train. Show me how to read a timetable and stop all this nonsense. X to the second power. I don't know what we're doing, but we're trying to, you know, if you're going to go to, if you're going to be a doctor, go to college. In fact, go to medical school because that's very, very important before you start cutting people open. But short of that, I don't understand what a traditional education is doing for us, except frustrating most of us. My last guest talked about his own personal ADHD. You're talking about how your son is learning differently. Maybe your son is the norm, and we're all making people sit in a chair for 45 minutes and behave. I remember my my son was reprimanded. He was eight or nine years old, and I would get notes from his teacher. She actually used to black out the whole room, turn the lights out. I'm like, girlfriend, have you had an eight-year-old boy? What are you doing to them, and Why? I would actually put them in a padded room and let them run around until they're exhausted. That to me seems more productive than making him sit there and read the cat in the hat. Just yeah. saying.
4: <laughs> Good point.
1: <laughs> I know. Kind of crazy. All right. Well, we're actually going to head off to another break. I haven't gotten any notification. I think there's a break coming up. I need my, my beautiful engineers to say, hi, are you guys out there? I think the sun is shining in Arizona and there, I, there was a cute girl walked by and you never know what to <laughs> <them>. Um, <laughs> Because I've got my next guest Sarah Pendrick up. Um, so you're starting your online presence. How do people stay in touch with you, my darling?
4: Yeah. The, well, the the two main ways. Facebook. I I really live and breathe Facebook. Uh, so at Tess Crawley Mentoring uh, is the easiest way to follow me on Facebook. I'm in Instagram as well. And of course, I've, I'm building a new website. Findingproof.com is the website that is. You know, covering all of these lovely mentoring things that I'm doing. And well,
1: I'm it now. has been a joy to meet you. I could listen to your accent and your energy, my Tasmanian devil all day. So thank, <laughs> thank you, you very, very much, Miss much, Tess Crawley. And coming up next, I've got Sarah Pendrick. We're going to talk about being a girl boss. Uh, fly safe, enjoy New York. And thank you. Just, yeah, you're awesome. All right, to you all too. my fans and friends out here between Facebook and this crazy little radio world that we're in uh we're gonna go take a quick break and say hi to some of my sponsors i actually have to go get a power club a plug for my computer so don't go away oh seriously don't go away don't go anywhere i'm going somewhere but you don't have to
3: change starts here change starts now join
1: us the voice america influencers channel
0: metabolic boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels you've seen it on tv and in print with more than two million sold what are you waiting for get your forbes riley spin gym at buyspingym.com order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes guaranteed there's never been another product like the forbes riley spin gym so try it risk-free for 30 days visit buyspingym.com today
4: Follow us on
1: Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley.
1: Okay, so we're heading to the home stretch of my show. It's always hard to believe it's almost over. We really do only get an hour. Uh, But right now I'm going to introduce you to, you know, again, I left my two girls to talk, and what did they do? They had, like, this girl talk thing. Uh, In fact, so much so that Sarah Pendrick actually created a thing called the Girl Talk Network. Uh thank God somebody did because we apparently talk way more than men and we need a place to kind of you know get it out there but yeah. she is what I love about her is she's a self-love advocate she's a community influencer love that word life coach writer and a philanthropist somebody who knows how to give back and right now she's going to give all her love to me everybody give it up for the Sarah Pendrick yeah!
3: Aww, thank you so much for having me on
1: oh you're actually even more beautiful than your pictures
3: oh thank you
1: so let's find out a little bit about what is the Girl Talk Network
3: yeah, so the Girl Talk Network is my personal brand. There's a nonprofit section, there's a for-purpose, it's an online, offline community all about women supporting each other. I originally started it with Girl Talk, but to change the meaning of Girl Talk, to support each other, to talk about what we have going on in the world, to share secrets, and really stand for women, and women empowering each other and being our best, highest versions of ourselves.
1: Well, now you are, how old are you, can I ask?
3: Yes, I'm 33.
1: Okay, and you look younger. I mean, you look great for 33. But I, and the reason I ask, one, because I always like to see how people react to that question. In Hollywood, it's this weird no-no. And I love that, you know, don't lie about your age. You know what? Screw it. Let's not do that anymore. Because I have three friends who I talk about this year who did not, they're not going to live to see their next birthday. So you know what? I just turned 59, and guess what? I look good for 45. I rock the stage yeah, for one year. Yes, hello. Yeah. And I am going to own that because I don't ever get to do this again. This is as young as I'm ever going to get. And I, I don't care about Hollywood. I don't need to get hired by somebody. I left that a long time ago. And i it's funny. I did actually say my age. I, I speak a lot around the world. I have these young, like 16 to 22-year-old audience, 600 of them. And you could actually hear a pin drop when I said this because somebody's going, "She looks. she's as old as my grandmother. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm not your grandmother. If your is rocking a pair of high heel shoes, you know, high heel shoes and a mini skirt, then we can talk. So this is about, I know, right? Crazy. So thank you for being so open and honest about that. Why do you live in Los Angeles?
3: So I've always wanted to live here. I moved here from Nashville, um, gosh, in 2011. And that's really when I broke through and just was going for my dreams. I've had big dreams my whole life. But those things that we let hold us back, I was like, hey, I'm going to leave my family I'm going to go do what has been in my heart my whole life. If it doesn't work out in Los Angeles, I always get to go back. And I've been here ever since. And I love it. I live by the beach. Um, it's just called to my soul to be here. I met my soulmate here. So many amazing friends. I absolutely love it.
1: You are amazing. And I'm going to say something. Um, you're on the show a little bit late. I only got four minutes to the close of my show. I need to invite you back because no. I, wanna, I really want to spend some quality time I am all about now finding women who think and act like I do. I've always been rather outspoken, a little ahead of my time, but I haven't surrounded myself with women who think that way. And so thank God for this show and other things I'm doing. You are one of those people. So in about a minute or two, help everyone else understand that. How did you come to be who you are, to own your own business, to take this leap of faith?
3: So it's been, I love talking about this, and I'll be so excited to come back on. I'm just like staring at your beautiful face and all your energy. I was born knowing what I got to do in this world, and along the way, people telling me I shouldn't, I couldn't, I started to hide myself, and finally, I'm just like, you know what, I'm not going to hide my gifts anymore, and it's been a process. I'm very much into self-development. I have the biggest belief in myself. I love teaching that. It's a progress and work every single day. Every single day is different. I truly believe that when we don't shine our gifts, that we aren't able to impact the world. So we get to be loud. We get to say our opinions. We get to do all the things that we want to do because we can and because then we get to be the permission for other women. So that's ah. what I hold on to every day.
1: Bro, this, this, this is – you know what? I, I have a book coming out called Permission. You just actually spoke to we my did. heart. I do because I have, a, I have a massive belief about this. We need to get to know each other and the audience needs to watch us become friends because you're awesome. Um, And I I hate the fact that my my show is literally coming to an end. So here's what I'm going to offer your audience. uh, Because I want you to share this with your friends. Uh, I know you know what a spin gym is. I was actually showing her the ultimate in girl talk. I'm in my office and I actually have these, which I don't actually sell anymore, but they are actually bling versions of my show. I mean, seriously. right? right. Oh, hello. (laughs) But I have a a free challenge going on. I'm going to invite your community, uh, as well as everybody watching. But if you go right now to a group called Forbes Riley's, Thirty day, literally thirty day spin gym challenge. I am on at least once or twice, stand now live for the next thirty days. I've never done this before because Zoom never existed like this. But I'm put. I mean, I've sold two point one million of these, and literally in the last day, I've met ten thousand customers face to face who popped on, showed me their success stories. I'm like over the moon about this. Okay. So if you would reach out to your community and say yes, I will make sure that you get one. But did you guys hear the conversation? I am like, it's like not like we're going to meet in a bar because I don't go to bars. I'm very shy. I don't go out a lot. So I'm using this platform to collect the most amazing people and Sarah just showed up. So I'm going to call Carly and talk about next week how you're your yes. whole half of the show. Okay, does that work for you?
3: Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm I, in love with you. You're getting ah, like so bright.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm digging this. Well, back at you because here's the funny thing, guys. If I had seen Sarah when I was 16 years old, walking in the hallway at school, I would have felt she would have intimidated me because she's beautiful, because she's got blonde hair. Whether it's real or not is irrelevant. It's blonde. It's beautiful. And she looks like the kind of girls that I wanted to when I was younger and I was really ugly. I'm not that person anymore. And that person inside of me is so overjoyous when she said to me, look how bright you shine. This is what we're looking for inside of each one of you. And it's what most of you don't realize. I meet you on the streets, in the airplane, in the bathroom. And you say, Forbes, how do I get confidence? Tune in next week because, Sarah, that's what we're going to focus on. Yes? Yes.
3: I cannot
1: wait. Yeah. All right. I am so sorry. I got to cut this one short, but time goes whether I wanted to or not. Uh, you have a great, empowering week. So do you guys at home. As always, my name is Forbes Riley. Forbes is in the magazine. Riley is in the good life. You're listening to The Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And I got to tell you, you guys this hour have made me very, very happy. Bye.
0: Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.